This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul. Just going a little solo tonight. We have a quick podcast to get out to you as our for our series preview with Locked On Tires, Chris Brown, who was kind enough to give us a little bit of time earlier tonight to talk about the season uh, for the Tigers, what to expect in this series, and where that franchise has been. Just a little bit of a preview, just for our listeners. Also, we want to get out some news for you as well. Before we do, we want to let you know that we are now on iTunes, and we would really appreciate if you would just go over and subscribe. And if you would leave a review as well, that would be nice. Five-star reviews are really helpful. If you want us to earn it, great. Email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com and give us your feedback. It's good stuff. And very much appreciate also if you want to sponsor us, reach out to us at talkinghalos.gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, we need help getting lights on, that's for sure. You can also leave a voicemail at 657-666-5453. All right, in the news, just kind of breaking the night. The Angels put it out there. Shoyo Tani will travel with the team to Detroit. They'll do a checkup on him, and he may, quote-unquote, may be activated for the series in Detroit. That will be welcome news. Definitely something that we've been hoping for now for a while. Again, Shoyotani uh, released tonight that he will travel with the team to Detroit and he may actually be activated. Here's hoping, okay? So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and pass along to you our interview tonight with Chris Brown, the host of Locked On Tigers and also uh, the um, Detroit Sports. So just a really neat interview with him, and, and I returned the favor as well. I went over and hung out on Locked On Tigers and gave the Angels point of view. If you want to check out the interview as well, so here you go, Chris Brown. All right, folks, I'm here with Chris Brown from Locked On Tigers and Sports Road, Detroit. He is a podcast and fool for the Tigers, and it's really great to have you on the show to, to preview this upcoming series with us. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, Derek? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, and I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited to see uh, what appears to be two somewhat evenly matched teams 
Uh, according to our early season struggles going on and see if we can start salvaging our seasons a little bit. You're hanging around 500 and we are just coming off getting our butts kicked in Houston, well, against Houston. So, you ready to go? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, the, the first thing we really want to know about where the Tigers are right now is you guys have, have a a long history. You were great under Jim Leland and all of a sudden things just kind of went awry once Leland retired. So what we really want to know is what happened to this franchise and what's being done to bring it back. So yeah, it was kind of a classic case of a team just going, continuing to push more chips in and and overspending and getting more free agents and trading away all their young talent. And eventually it just all collapsed on them. So they were, you know, you know, they were trading a bunch of young prospects and then it got to the point where they're actually trading major leaguers. Like in the David Price trade in 2014, they actually traded Austin Jackson and it was this kind of crazy scene where they pulled him off the field in the middle of a game because they had just traded him. And then they traded uh, Eugenio Suarez for Alfredo Simon. It's just a brutal trade. It's, you know, nobody thought Suarez was going to be this good, but it was basically they were just trading anything they had to try to get Major League help to try to make one more run before the owner passed away. And it all collapsed in Osmus's second year. And then they went out and spent a whole bunch more money in free agency on guys like Jordan Zimmerman, who hasn't worked out, and Mark Lowe, who hasn't worked out, and Mike Pelfrey, who didn't work out, and then Justin Upton, who worked out okay, but uh, he's no longer with the Tigers. So it was just a confluence of events, and, and really everything collapsed on him at once. And so what were the fans' expectations of the team this year, and how close are they to mean those expectations, at least early on? I, I would actually say early on, they, they're – exceeding expectations. I think most people thought this was going to be a, a close to 100 loss team. They lost 98 games each of the last two years. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah, they, they traded away some talent and they expected, uh, they lost their number one starter heading into the season. Michael Fulmer, he went down with Tommy John surgery. So it just wasn't looking good, but the pitching has actually turned out to be really good so far, at least a handful of the starters. And so, yeah, they're hovering around 500 and I think, uh, yeah, that's exceeding expectations probably by about 10 games. Now, Detroit fans, they're fussy, and I, I know they get, they're not going to wait forever. How close are the Tigers to actually competing again for a division title? Oh, boy. You know, I, they're doing a full rebuild, and they're kind of doing it the classic just tear everything down and be as awful as, as you can be for a while. And, and I'm, not, I'm not convinced at all that that's going to work. And so, I mean, given what they have currently in the system, they have, they have some really nice pitching prospects, but they have very little in the way of position player prospects. And so it, it's hard to figure, you know, they're going to need to supplement that with either some trades or some free agent signings. But at this point, I would be shocked if they were competing again before, like, 2023. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's you know, maybe I'm being overly pessimistic here. But, again, it's just there's not there's not a whole lot of position player talent coming through the pipe. And, and unless they make these trades that they need to and, and nail them, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a long road. I just find that's kind of shocking the angels are in the middle of their own rebuild and their plan has been nowhere near as aggressive in terms of dumping players off you obviously just re-signed mike trout but they have progressed from being the worst farm system in the league to about 12 to 15 the last two years and we're starting to see some fruition we're going to talk about um mr canning later on for example for the angels and i just kind of blows my mind that it would take that long for a rebuild up in Detroit, even, I mean, just if the focus is solely on the draft and getting guy, how, how are they not, 
are they just no, were they not focused on hitting at all? Are they not focused on offensive players at all? Or was it just straight pitching down the pike? Well, it's a little bit of all that. It, and it's Oddly enough, we often compare what the Tigers are doing to what the Angels are doing and, and kind of wish for the Billy Epler model where you know you guys went and got better while still trying to compete. And the Tigers have just shown no signs of that. And the drafts have been better for L.A., you know, I, I talk about, you mentioned Canning. I believe he was in the same draft as Alex Fiedo, who went about a round earlier. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's in double-A. He's pitching okay. But all the scouting reports on him have been pretty pretty rough. Like, he's maybe maybe a fourth or fifth starter now. And it's just, yeah, they don't have a good track record of scouting and drafting and development or finding players like, you know, was it Luis Renhifo? I don't know if it's Renhifo or Renhifo, but yeah. Just guys, they don't get these pop-up players. They don't seem to have a great development apparatus. And so, and they were working from a pretty barren system, but so were the Angels. So, I don't know. I just think it's, there are a lot of people here, or at least the people that I talk with, that think that they need a new front office before it's actually going to get done. It's it's really weird hearing you make the Angels comparison because we... We get we hear a lot of criticism towards the Angels and what and and what they've been doing, especially with Epler. We have a lot of people who think Epler have no idea, has no idea what he's doing, and has no plan whatsoever. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, "There's a plan. It's actually pretty clear what the plan is. <laughs> Just take the blinders off." But there are so many folks who are ready to hammer Epler, and you're sitting there saying you're wishing you had a guy like Epler in the in the office right now. Well, I mean, I suppose there's an element of the grass is always greener, but. We just see, you know, El Avila, the, the current Tigers GM, he took over halfway through 2015. And the Tigers have lost, you know, 300, 350 games since then. It's it's just, they haven't been trying to compete, really. Or at least they did the one year. But it they did such a poor job of identifying free agent talent that it set them back another three or four years. Like, they're, they're saying now that they'll be ready to spend again in 2021, which is roughly the same time, not roughly, it is the same time that Jordan Zimmerman's contract comes off the books. So they really they screwed themselves by an awful free agents uh, signing period, and uh, yeah, I, I just see more interesting things going on with the Angels farm system. You know, you got a Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, things like that. Where the the and maybe it's just different. You know, I, I maybe Angels fans would see Casey Mize and Matt Manning and drool over that, but it's uh, I don't yeah, it's it's not. There's not a whole lot of optimism over here, at least on my part. Well, moving to the actual series now. You guys have three stars, two left-handers. The Angels are struggling hard against left-handers right now. Norris, Boyd, and the righty Ross. What should we expect from these guys against the Angels this week? Well, so Norris, I think, starts the first game, and he was a highly touted prospect, and he's had kind of a lot of ups and downs. He was starting the year in the bullpen, and then the Tigers had a couple injuries, and he's looked okay in his last couple starts. He's been giving up a, a lot of hard contact, but pitching around it. In his last outing, he was really, uh, really using his slider well below the zone and getting some swings and misses, but his fastball is only like 91, 92 and uh, he's hittable, I think, but he's been kind of effectively wild, I guess I'd, I'd say, but if the angels are having trouble against uh, lefties, then then maybe they might have trouble against him, but he's not somebody who I would be terribly scared of. I'll say that. And, and I wouldn't expect more than six innings tops from him because they, they still are kind of stretching him out from when he was in the bullpen. And then later and, on, uh, yeah, I was going to say, now, Matt Boyd is a different story, and this is really kind of interesting. I don't know how much traction he started to gain nationally, but he came into the season kind of as just a solid fourth starter, but he completely remade his body. It was one of those like spring training stories where you don't really believe it. Like, okay, yeah, he lost 15 pounds. Good for you. But he's like doing all sorts of weird sleep studies and 
connecting with the ground and essential oils and all that stuff. And suddenly he's out here and he's got the best pitching war of anybody in baseball. He's been out. He's been basically the best pitcher in baseball so far this season, which I don't think anybody saw coming. And again, it's not overpowering stuff, but he's just basically turned into a fastball slider pitcher. Fastball's like 90 to 93, but the slider just disappears under the hands of righties. And he uses it. And, and basically he's given up two or three runs in every start so far. And so he would, if, if anybody is going to shut down the Angels, I would expect it to be him. But you never know. It's baseball. Now, we're and, looking at that third game with Ross and thinking, ooh, okay, here's a shot. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, and and he's, he's been roughed up in most of his starts. His last start was really bad. He didn't even get out of the, the second inning. He's, he's nothing like he used to be. He's basically like 87, 89, almost all fastballs and cutters. He'll throw some sliders. But if he's not getting swings and misses – and he really does. If he's not getting swings and misses out of the zone, then you're going to put the ball in play against him. And, you know, sometimes with ground ball pitchers, you're just hitting them right at people. But other times there's like six, seven hits in a row that just find holes. And, and I would be shocked if he throws five innings in that game. So if you were to make a prediction right now against these, these pitchers, how do you see this series playing out overall? Yeah, just based on what's happened so far this year, I would imagine that, that Norris – keeps the Tigers in it, and that the first game's a close one, and then Boyd probably does a good job of shutting down most of the Angels hitters, and then you guys tee off on Ross. So it's, you know, basically I would say it's it's probably one win each way, and then the third game's a toss-up. I mean, that's probably not all that uncommon in a three-game series, but of course, you know, we like baseball because all this can go awry, and, and you know, nothing works the way it's supposed to. Well, we can go back to that series in Mexico for the Angels last weekend and just think, okay, we, we didn't expect that. We had one six out of seven, and the Astros just tore up the our entire staff two days in a row. We did not see that one coming at all. We knew they were better. We didn't know they were that much better. Yeah, and pitching in Mexico can't be good for anybody, I wouldn't think. like that's It's higher elevation than, than Colorado and warmer, and it's just a – I imagine there was a lot of balls heading out of the park. That well, that ballpark felt like a little league ballpark. I'm serious. Yeah. The way it curved around in Monterey was just unbelievable. They're just killing our pitchers. But for you guys, offensively, nobody on the Tigers has more than three home runs at this point this season. Is there any signs that maybe a power surge is coming? And also, want to know about Miguel Cabrera. Is he ever possibly going to regain his form at all? Yeah, so it's a really interesting thing this year. The Tigers ha- have been hitting the ball really hard as as a team. Like a lot of a lot of Nick Castellanos, Cabrera, Jammer Candelario, uh, even Jordy Mercer, they all have a lot of hard-hit balls, but not much to show for it. And I still can't determine if that's just bad luck or they're just not hitting it quite properly. But I still I wouldn't be terribly concerned about a power explosion. They're, uh, they're probably their best power hitter is Kristen Stewart, and he's on the IL right now, but he may come back at some point in this series. I don't know which game. But again, he's just coming back from the IL, so I wouldn't be too concerned about him. But yeah, I don't think power will be... Too much of a threat for unless you know unless I'm mistaken and some of these angel pitchers are going to give up a bunch of bombs, but yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about that too much. Well, Trevor and, Cahill's not pitching the series, so at least we don't think he is. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about him, but uh, yeah, but Cabrera, Cabrera's a really interesting one too because he's hitting he's hitting like 300 right now, but it's like a 400 batting average on balls in play, and he's hitting the ball really hard, like I said, but just none of them are going over the wall, and it's gotten to the point where it's getting kind of testy. Like the, the press asked him about it the other day, and he basically blamed the guys hitting behind him. He said, you see who's hitting behind me? That's not Prince Fielder and, you know, Victor Martinez. So that's not great. Um, he's still a really good hitter. 
it's just a matter of, of if he can ever get the power back. And it's kind of, I kind of compare him to Albert Pujols. It's sort of like this, there's two different ways that great hitters age. And some of them just continue to hit but lose their power. And others like Pujols seem to stop hitting but still hit for power. And yeah. I don't know, whichever you'd prefer, but neither of them are really getting the job done, I guess. Well, Pujols is a $28 million anchor on the Angels lineup right now. And that's been killing us. I'm happy for him. He's breaking these records, but I'm, I'm, you'll find a lot of us out here wishing he would have retired a little while ago to free out some of that cash. Yeah, and that's what the Tigers have to look for. Like Cabrera's making $32 million for like another four year, four or five years. So it's going to get ugly here, I'm afraid. Good luck with that. Good Lord. So overall, in the end, what are the Tigers' strengths and how will they, how will they match up with the Angels' just strength for strength, weakness for weakness? I, you know, the strength so far this year is their pitching. They're, they're kind of, their starters have been top five, I think, at least top ten so far in the, in the season. Now, you're missing one of their two good pitchers in Spencer Turnbull. But, Boyd, like I said, Boyd has been the, the best pitcher in baseball so far, by, at least by the advanced stats. So I think that's kind of what you have to look for. They've been playing fairly well at home. But the bullpen, particularly the middle relief, has been really rough for the Tigers. They've cycled through a bunch of guys already. So... If you can get to the starters early, then it should be fairly easy to win. But if the starters can go six, seven innings, they've got a decent setup man and a pretty good closer. So I think those are the strengths. And as far as, far as offense, really, I, I don't know. Jamer Candelario, he's batting leadoff. He gets a lot of walks. He doesn't hit for much power at this point. And Nick Castellanos gets a lot of hits. And Cabrera gets a lot of hits. But they're going to have to string some innings together. All right. So, Chris, can you let folks know where they can follow what you do and because we're gonna, I'm sure we'll talk again later on this season when these guys meet up again, and it'll be nice to keep in touch and, and follow uh, how how things are going up in Detroit. Yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Brown zero nine one four. I'm mostly just tweeting about the Tigers. I, I'm also run the Locked On Tigers Twitter account, which is at Locked On Tigers, and I do another podcast called Tigers SRD, and then I write for a Tigers minor league site called Tigestown. So if anybody out there is just like a huge Tigers fan and Angels fan, then yeah, yeah come on over and visit. So you're kind of a junkie. <laughs> yeah. It comes to I, in pretty much baseball, like I used to uh, care more about the NFL and the NBA and stuff, but I've, as I've gotten older, it's mostly baseball, although I do follow a certain football team and basketball team based out of Ann Arbor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but uh, we don't need to get into all that. And I really want to because things haven't been great for the last two decades or so. Oh. And I'm an Ohio State guy, so I'm not yeah. sure you want to have that conversation with me. No, I know. That's why, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Although the, so the Rams the Rams got a, a nice cornerback from Michigan. so They did, and we like him a lot. Well, we're looking forward to seeing him develop pretty well. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, one of the great Lions players in history is Chris Spielman. I think once you, once you get to the pros, the hatred can kind of go away for a little bit. If, hey, if they perform, I don't care where you go. That's yeah, what matters. All right, so thanks a lot for coming on. We'll talk again soon, and have a great one. Thanks. All right, so hey, if if you're not pumped up now for this series, or after getting a little bit of a preview, I don't know what will, because I think the Angels have a shot here at getting at least two wins in the series. It's that middle one he was talking about with Boyd. I'm concerned about that. The two lefties, the Angels, sooner or later are going to hit somebody who's pitching lefty. It might as well be a team out there up in yeah, Detroit, the old Tigers. It is a little sad to hear about some of that franchise's struggles. They've been a, a legendary franchise for so long. They weren't able to win the World Series under Jim Leal, and that's kind of sad in itself. But 
So hopefully his estimate on recovery and being in terms of being competitive will be over much sooner than that. All right, so it's time for us to go. Dortmund follows on Twitter, talking halos. You can also search our, our page on Facebook. You find me on Twitter, DC Apollo, and John, who couldn't make it tonight at Jake's Crane on Twitter. Don't forget some Spreaker, iTunes, all those places for the entire staff. This is Derek C. Apollo saying, "Take it easy, have a great one, and go Halos." control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.